0: Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy the Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama be always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cub of Joy, the podcast. I am so thrilled to be bringing another epic episode to you guys today with one of my favorite women in this field. Um, Chrissy Marie is an inner child energy alchemist, advanced spiral practitioner, breathwork facilitator, and founder of the Arts of Aliveness podcast and the Sacred Essence Sisterhood. She specializes in supporting other healers to rewild their inner child, connect to organic creativity and play self-expression, deepen self-trust, and foster intimate soul-aligned community. Her magic merges cutting-edge emotional clearing work, embodiment practices, humor, and authentic Relating relation to bring a safe, warm and lighthearted flavor to transformation. Chrissy draws on her trauma-informed training and background as a clinical social worker, behavior specialist and transformational leadership coach. A core philosophy of her work is that all of you is allowed. Her clients will tell you that they come to her for her authenticity and they stay with her because they unlock their own. Welcome to the show, Chrissy.
1: you. I'm so excited to be here again.
0: Uh, I loved our last episode that we did together on Inner Child and today we're going to share just more beautiful blooming in the wonderful world of Chrissy and really talking about uh, she just recently got published and it's been a work that you've been working on for quite some time now but it's out into the world your message and I want to just bring all of that and more to this community today. I can't wait. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. So really we're naming this episode from black sheep to butterfly which is in relation with so much of the work that I'm doing right now. The butterfly holds a strong strong presence in my world. Um but really this gets cuts to the core of the power of transformational community. And I think for both you and I community has been a massive part of our own transformational journey. And then as coaches, we've seen how that really lends so many benefits to other women's lives. So let us know a little bit about maybe your own personal journey and how impactful community has been. And then we'll shift a little bit into the book and beyond.
1: Amazing. Yeah, community has been everything and my personal journey is is shared in this book in my chapter of the book. So what I'll share with you now, it'll be reflected in in the chapter as well, but I'll give you like the quick tidy version. <laughs> yeah, the black sheep was an identity that I always felt connected to as a youth. I always felt that I was on the outside of community. I was like the girl that would everybody knew her. She was calm and quiet and she's nice. Right. And I was I was in with all of the crowds, but I wasn't deep in a circle. I didn't feel like I really belonged anywhere specific. And part of that was because I had such an eclectic um, style and taste and expression. Even though it wasn't necessarily visible, I, w- I wasn't somebody who dressed really um, lavishly or eccentrically, but internally, that was the dynamic that I was holding for myself. And so I never, yeah, I never really felt like I landed anywhere. And I was kind of a floater. <laughs> you know, I was a floater. <laughs> I'm the first uh, first child of, of five. I've got four younger siblings. And so I also, you know, felt like I had to be really responsible. And uh, at the same time, I had this like really rebellious streak, you know, I really wanted to to do new things and, and take risks. And so I, I liked to kind of float in and out of different groups and get different flavors of what was going on. But I had this story that, you know, my chaos is a burden. And one of the things or one of the ways that I felt valuable to my friends circles or in relation to other people is I was the one people would come to when they had something going on. You know, Mm -hmm. Chrissy can, Chrissy can hold that. Chrissy can listen. Chrissy will know what to say, right? So I was always the one they were coming to, but I wasn't really going to anybody else because my anger, my chaos felt way too intense. I was harboring a lot of repressed trauma. Um, Just, I, I didn't have a space to process and I didn't feel safe processing with the people that I hung out with because I wasn't close enough to them. So I carried that black sheep identity, that outsider identity through most of my adolescence into my early 20s. Uh, I started, I had that nudge, you know, when you have a little nudge of like, okay, there's something more for you here. I, I just had an awareness. I just had an organic awareness that you're meant for leadership. Like, even though you hate being in the spotlight, even though... groups make you really anxious you should lean in here like there's something for you here so I listened to the nudge and in college I took a bunch of leadership in diversity courses and I started learning about group dynamics and there's some really really powerful things that landed for me through that process of uh, the most powerful thing that I share in the chapter is this story around my teacher um handling a a conflict that happened in the class in a way that I would have just avoided. You know, I would have just, my, my initial impression when the conflict happened was shut it down. Like, why is this happening here? This needs to be in private. This is too much. And I learned a really important lesson that day that leaders lean in Mm -hmm. and that conflict is a gateway to connection. If it's framed that way, And if it's handled with grace. And so then, fast forward to my early 20s, I started joining transformational groups. Uh, I started paying for them. I started investing in myself, which was a huge stretch because. I, I said that I was for transformation, but I wasn't really putting my money where my mouth was. I was like, "Oh, I'm I love learning about myself. I'm so curious. I love reading all the books, and doing all the things. And then you know, falling off because there's no accountability.
0: <laughs> that's a that's it. So many people do it backwards, right? Where you're just like, "This is good. This is good. Look at me. I'm." And and one of my favorite quotes is, "Consumption without integration equals frustration." yeah oh totally right we're so good at just let me read this and listen to this and and watch from afar is what we're all we're really doing but we're not at being active participants in the integration of all that we're learning so that we can become what we really desire
1: totally and that's a beautiful frame for what really shifted things for me was when I was in a, a workshop with Preston Smiles and Alexi Panos, they had a workshop called The Bridge Method. And it's all about dropping the mental masturbation and mm. dropping, dropping what you know and getting into your body and training your nervous system to stay present in really high sensation and learning how to embody what we say we know, turning knowledge into wisdom. And it wasn't until mm. I had that experience that Particular workshop cracked me open in a big, big, big way. I shed a lot of shame. I shed a lot of insecurity and smallness. I started taking up a lot of, a lot more space in my life and with my clients. And um I just kept investing in group things. I invested in a group program. That group program allowed me, it gave me the momentum and the courage to leave my job as a social worker and step into coaching full-time. I met you Mm -hmm. at a group weekend away, the Bliss Project. Um, I write about that a little bit in the chapter as well. One of the moments that really cracked my heart open there. And then I created my own group. I just, I took this giant leap of faith. I was listening to my clients. They were asking for community and not really knowing what I was doing, just decided, all right, I'm going to open up a container. I'm going to take what I love from the group programs I've been in. and I'm going to see where it goes.
0: That's it. I feel like once you really know what your soul's assignment is on this planet, which I feel like you and I have taken the time to do through all of the communities that we've been in and coaching we've received and mentors that we've had, the real life embodiment and integration that is so powerful, then you just want other people to have that. When you figure out what you are here for, which is spreading love, joy, compassion, wholeness, oneness. I mean, that's really everyone's deep assignment in my opinion. Um, But there's many ways that in which we use our human bodies to do that, right? And our minds to do that. Not everyone's going to be a coach or a light worker in this sense. We're all here with different ways to do those core rooted needs and deliver those things. But you just want everyone to have a taste of it. You want, I remember coming home from that conference that you and I met at and you ride the high of the weekend for a little while. And then you kind of wonder like, Oh man, I have to wait a whole another year for that. I got to wait, wait. I figured so much about myself and my being and my soul this weekend. But now what? I don't know where to go. And so I love that you have answered the call and the nudges and know the importance of every single thing that you've picked up along the way, the things that really, really impacted your journey and your being, being able to spread those to the people that are coming to you that feel attracted and drawn and magnetized by you um, in this way. So absolutely beautiful. Why do you think that we fall into this pattern of just being so busy trying to fit in instead of being ourselves?
1: beautiful question. Well, I, I feel like at a very biological ancestral survival level, um, fitting in like the need to fit in the desire to fit in, is just etched into like our survival instincts. You know, if you don't fit into a tribe back in the day, you die, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, ve- it's very primitive that need and desire to fit in And I feel as though our culture is not, uh, it doesn't celebrate diversity Mm. most integrated way. (laughs) Yeah. We're more concerned with comfort and um yeah it just, it's it's cultural it's ancestral and i think that's an important piece to land because it naturalizes that all of us struggle with this <laughs> desire to fit in this isn't unique to you or to me or to anyone else it's it's just etched into who we are and this also can happen early on in life if we feel like our unique expression and our emotions haven't fully been met and honored and loved by our caregivers and and those around us then we don't learn how to self-source fulfillment Mm -hmm. we don't learn how to connect to our intuition and so we're constantly taking the temperature of the room or the groups that we hang out with and trying to figure out what we need to do to make everybody happy and receive love and praise and approval. And that's where, you know, perfectionism and people pleasing and chameleoning Mm -hmm. is birthed. And I know it really well because I did it really, really well. You know, I was great at breaking the rules and getting straight A's and like flying under the radar.
0: Yeah, same, same. (laughs) (laughs) I was a really amazing chameleon. One of the best you've ever seen. You know, I, I knew every color under the sun and every rock to hide under, um, while, while being what most people would consider an extrovert, which is really interesting. Mm. I wasn't actually quiet on the outside. I was pretty well-spoken, but what people misunderstood is that my voice was actually a protector. Mm. If she could just keep speaking, it didn't even have to make sense and it didn't even have to fit in, but it could fill, it could take up space, mm. you know, yeah. can just take up space. And if I can just keep talking that I don't have to sit with whatever's going to be in the quiet, and the stillness,
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. That's a huge, huge, huge piece there. Are you open to me just kind of speaking in? Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. Well, I first and foremost, thank you for sharing that. And I deeply relate. Like I feel like this is why our conversations are so fluid. Because and, and I wanna say that like being a chameleon, <laughs> it makes me super good at what I do. I think that there are elements of being able to chameleon that contribute to energetic mastery and Mm. I don't regret any of it. I think it's part of my strength and yours as well.
0: Yeah. Thanks for saying that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that being okay with silence was a huge piece for me. I was never okay with silence. Mm -hmm. and it mirrored my relationship with, uh, the unknown and surrender. I wasn't okay with the unknown. I wasn't okay with unpredictability because I felt like if I couldn't control something, I wasn't safe. So I was always trying. And that's why I would chameleon. It's like, well, I wanted to feel safe. So I would manipulate you with my energy or with my words or how I'm relating to you so that your chaos is pacified and I never have to sit in discomfort. (laughs)
0: Hmm.
1: And that, that got really sticky and, and was trained out of me and is still being trained out of me to this day uh, when I started stepping into therapeutic work and learning that like silence is one of the most powerful tools, like shut up sit back and let your, let your person process.
0: (laughs) I was having a great conversation the other day um, with a woman and we were talking about how alone actually equals aligned Mm -hmm. and allowance You know, we've got it all wrong. Alone does not mean lonely. Mm. There's so much power behind the softness, the stillness, the spaciousness Mm. of silence and alone time.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that speaks to, I was sharing before we jumped on here, just the way my leadership style has changed. Mm um at first I was I was when I opened up the sisterhood I had this idea again I was only working with what types of groups and energy I had been a part of so and I am I gravitate towards more masculine like Call my ego out, like, call me on my bullshit, (laughs) put the pressure on, I will perform, but I have a very spiritual ego in that way where it's like, I don't want to be the one that's not doing the homework, you know, like I want to show up and get the A.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: And it works out for me because I I go where I've never gone before in those spaces because I don't want to be the one that doesn't do it, Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't translate very well in other areas of my life. (laughs) So... When I started running the sisterhood, my energy was a bit more pointed and uh, sharper. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, it serves me. It served the people I've worked with. However, in my journey of surrendering and stepping back and leaning back, like physically leaning back on calls too, mm. um, as I do that now, <laughs> taking a breath and leaning back, I, I realized the importance of letting things marinate. And, mm-hmm. and you, you shared this too, right? Like you you stopped planning uh, your your the next thing, the next month because that might not be where the group is. And there's this beautiful like, oh, I don't have to micromanage this. I don't have to have it all structured. I can listen and follow and integrate and adjust and be flexible. And that for me, I think is where the chameleon shows up really, really well when i marry the chameleon with surrender when i marry the chameleon with divinity mm. it's like, oh now i know why this part of me is here because it allows me to lean back and readjust when the energy shifts in the space and not have to be the one that's controlling it my chameleon is no longer there to do the controlling it's there to lean back and adjust when divinity and the space is being asked for that.
0: Mm, I love that. I think that there are every, every mentor coach out there has their own style and their own twist. And we, I like to believe that we all do the best that we can with the journeys that we've been on so far. Right. And so not that this, what I'm going to share is just that this is what I've realized about myself too, is, When I first started coaching, you want to serve and help so, so much because you know, what kind of pain and heartbreak your clients have been through and been growing through for a long time. If they are anything like you, which we oftentimes attract the people that are, have walked many similar paths that we have. And so I really, I had known my path and I had tried to continue to create agendas for conversations and, and coaching spaces. But the reality is is that we need to come into conversations or not need to, I like to come into conversations now with agenda-less um, space mm-hmm. and knowing that my client is in the lead. They're leading their life mm-hmm. and they're leading their light. And my job is to hold space, to mirror back what I see and to really be alongside of them as they continue walking the path that they're creating. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to create the agenda. And oftentimes I think folks think that they're signing up for that agenda, but really if you are living in all of your authenticity as a coach, you just get to walk alongside, right? And when the compass seems to go in a direction that you're not quite sure continue to be the one holding the flashlight mm-hmm. right right oh. just hold the flashlight yeah. we don't have to say that's the wrong north go this way no 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 let them go wherever their compass is pointing and just hold the flashlight you know mm-hmm.
1: oh what a gorgeous metaphor that i adore <laughs> that I, that image of the flashlight like in the dark and Yeah, there's something so important about one of the, and the biggest thing, which is so interesting because the workshop that I went went to is very masculine. It's very like confronting and sensational. And again, I love that stuff, not knocking any of that, like that stuff got me where I am. And the process that I got tattooed on my arm because it, it stuck with me. It like literally just immersed itself into my cells is called the allowing process. Uh, All about allowing.
0: <laughs> there are no coincidences in life, are there? Do you want to talk a little bit about the allowing process? Is that is that an area you want to dive into today?
1: I can share. I can share it. I, I won't go into like the whole entire exercise. Um, yeah. But I'll share the essence of it. As, yes,
0: that'd like, be beautiful.
1: It's a core pillar in in the work that I do. Um, yeah, it so the allowing process, the essence of the allowing process is to take whatever's present for you in your space, in your body, in your consciousness and bring it into awareness with a, a neutral energy.
0: Mm.
1: And often often it can be difficult for people to lean into self-love because it's hard to jump from resentment and shame into love. And it's easier to shift from anger, frustration, resentment into neutrality first. So the allowing process is like a stepping stone. It's like a lily pad to kind of acclimate you to releasing a bit of the resentment and the shame and the stickiness. And then it's like the threshold to stepping into peace and love and and deeper acceptance. So I love it so much because it's also like a train of thought exercise. So it kind of takes you out of the mind. You do it out loud. It takes you out of the mind. It gets you into the body. It gets you into curiosity. Um, And it's like airing out the house. The analogy I like to use is that if your thoughts and trapped energy is like smoke in a house, like you've overcooked the food, <laughs> the <laughs> process is like opening the windows and mm. then it all out so that you can breathe again and see again. And yeah, settle back into neutrality, right? what mm. it was before you overcooked the food. And this is the cornerstone of the work that I do with the sisters that I work with, with my private clients. It's it's all about allowing everything and integrating all the density, all of the shadow into, you said in the beginning, this experience of like, it's all part of the same thing (laughs) into that oneness consciousness. And, And oneness consciousness sounds really light and love when we talk about it, but there's a lot of sitting in high sensation that's required in order to fully integrate and embody that. And so the allowing process is just one tool that i like to use personally mm-hmm. and with clients, um to begin that integration process and it's also just like a cornerstone of like when you step into space with me like this is what i stand for everything is allowed all of you is allowed no matter what
0: mm. oh my gosh all of you is allowed that is That is epic in my book. That is so beautiful. And who wouldn't wanna step into a space and a container and a community that has that type of, call it a mission statement or um, just just essence, as you said. Mm. All of you is allowed here, all of it. And that's really what people are looking for. Going back to that shifting of from black sheep to butterfly. Mm -hmm. And really, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I just watched like over three hours of butterfly videos as I've been preparing for my new program called Soar that has all of the butterfly's essence. But a butterfly goes through a chrysalis. It's not a cocoon. It's actually like what they call a chrysalis. And the changing and the shifting of the butterfly, yeah, you're familiar, is so beautiful because you're just sharing, shedding the layers and allowing yourself to just be all that you are whatever it is, whether you're this pile of goop as, as a caterpillar, or you've got wings and you can soar, it's all allowed. It always has been. And, but we do get to go through, I love how you use the word, all of the highest vibrations, all the highest sensations, um, activations. Yeah. Cause that looks like a lot of things that looks like fear and, um, guilt and shame and, um, the heaviness of it gets to be experienced and allowed while you're inviting in this, this brighter, lighter version of yourself. If you're willing to allow her to be there or, or him, him or her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like the other piece to the story, to the chapter is that when I allowed my quirkiness and my Uniqueness and eccentricness and dynamicness. Dynamicness. (laughs) I I like it. I like it. Dynamicness. (laughs) When I allowed her in, then I, yeah, I, my self-expression was much more, much more grounded. Right, I didn't need to take up so much space. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Or hide. Right. Whichever pendulum side I was swinging to at, at that season of my life, and. When I allowed for that, I was then able to allow for more intimacy. So the more I stayed present with the high sensation and discomfort of being a little weird and awkward and quirky and different, I could hold space for way more joy and, ooh, connection with people's sensation as well. Mm. So it's, for me, this journey is about allowing and embracing high sensation for the sake of meeting yourself fully and learning how to do that whether you're alone or in a group of people
0: mm, absolutely absolutely and I feel like the journey of transformation in my personal experience does require both you get to sit alone and aligned with yourself in allowance and you get to allow yourself to, experience other people on the journey with you. And it's done so uh, being part, a part of community in life in general, but especially in transformation. Cause what I've realized now is that I was cute in thinking that transformation was just going to be the one or two years that, that I thought I was going to be moving through it. And the reality is, is that we're always transforming. we're always reblooming we're all always soaring higher and going into different directions right and exploring different parts of ourselves and so this continued community I love what you shared earlier before we started recording was that um, not only did you open up your own community but you continued to seek out community for yourself Mm -hmm. for your own personal growth and it's so important that we have these channels and these spaces where we can open up and understand other uniquenesses in life. It's not that these people have to be your best friends, although they may very well be people that you're extremely close and connected and intimate with. That's been my experience. But even the ones that I'm not super connected to in the sense of like, Friendship, right? There's so many different levels of relationship. I'm so grateful for the people who I've connected with in community that have opened my awareness to just different ways of being. Mm. They've allowed me to realize, wow, we don't have a ton in common, but I love the way that he or she is being. And when I see other beings like that, I'm going to remind myself that it's safe to share energy and be in a space with people that are not, don't have all these, I guess, surface level commonalities. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we love bowling or we love movies or whatever it is, those surface level things. And it's depths, we have so much in common because we're committed to growth.
1: Yes. I love that you brought that in because it does speak to the importance of being able to refine an ability to connect below the surface of the waves below the boxes and the identities and the interests and the values we hold uh is a refining of of curiosity and and question asking to get to the essence of who somebody else is and and find where we are the same Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and also and also celebrating the differences too learning how to be with and celebrate the diversity in a space without it meaning that you're ostracized or that there's something off with you. It's like, no, you can do your thing over here and I'll do my thing over here. And sometimes it'll overlap and sometimes it won't. And all that's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Can it just be all of it? Can we just allow all of it? It's back to allowance, right? Yep. Yep. Just, can we just allow all of it? Even when we don't agree with it, I think that's a really big thing right now is that we've lived in a world this year where there's what feels like so much disconnect and all these things, but we're not all that disconnected if we're willing to just allow it all. Can we all just be here in existence in all of our views, different views and different values and different ways and all the differences and celebrate the fact that thank goodness we have variety in this world.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I feel too, that that variety, it takes us outside of our smallness. It takes us out. It, it opens me up personally to creativity, mm. to curiosity to witnessing and getting to experience energies and parts of myself that I wouldn't have. And this is why I love group work, because you get to like witness and experience other energies that, may have been laying dormant in your system uh, until you see somebody else expressing a certain archetype or a certain flavor of themselves. And you're like, Oh, I remember I used to be that way or, Oh, that's stirring something in me. Maybe I'm going to try that on. Yeah. And there's an, a, there's, a, um, osmosis effect too. When I first joined the soul school group, I started seeing all of these people in the group stepping outside their comfort zone. And it was like social proof is a huge thing, you know? So when you start seeing people around you transforming, it starts to seed in your mind that transformation is possible, which is why it's important to curate what you're consuming and make sure that you've got role models that you're tuning into frequently. And that was what this group did for me. It was like, oh my gosh, everybody's flying. They're breaking out of the chrysalis. I'm like, we can do it too.
0: It really is amazing what community, community can help. There's so many benefits, right? Let's go into benefits of why we need, what benefits does community bring? And I love what you said, the word social proof. Our bodies are always looking, our minds rather, are always looking for evidence. Yeah. Our bodies hold the truth and know, have this innate knowing, but our minds want evidence. So when you witness someone else being, doing, allowing, accepting, you realize that there's proof, there's that evidence that it is possible for you, right? Because we're all just mirrors for one another. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's like the biggest one for me. That's, that was my, that was the threshold. I was like, oh, that's the thing. The other benefits I'd say is you're more likely to get triggered in groups. <laughs> <And> that <laughs> is beautiful because it really pops the bubble. And, and I say you know, triggers are portals to transformation uh, depending on how they're framed, right? And if you step into an intentional community that's holding point and agreements around how to navigate triggers, Uh, in a, in a sovereign way, then there's a lot of opportunity for you to get clear on where you're rejecting yourself. You know, triggers are also always pointing to the places within us that we haven't fully embraced. So there's a lot of openings and opportunities for embracing more and more and more of our wholeness. And then one of my clients said this, and it's so beautiful. I just quote her all the time. She said, we are wounded in relationship. And it's, so it's really important that we heal in relationship. Mm. and there's something about being witnessed by a group of other beings where the standard is to hold space for allowance and and i always hold the i always i always lean into and set the intention to i'm not always getting it getting it on point there but (laughs) unconditional love like holding space for that celebrating celebrating the struggle, celebrating. I celebrate everything. Like I am a chronic celebrator now.
0: <laughs> <My> <laughs> yes, like I'm
1: not yes. feeling so great. I'm, I'm feeling insecure. I'm like, I'm celebrating that you're naming that. That is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for celebration. I literally have confetti in my, in my closet that I'm just like waiting to throw in the air all the time. Like actual literal confetti. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes. yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is beautiful. <laughs> This is so beautiful um i was just thinking of something that you that you said and it's escaped me which is absolutely fine but um community is just such a powerful powerful practice and especially sacred sisterhood is that the name of your group is it called the sacred sisterhood do i have that right
1: it's the sacred essence sisterhood
0: oh of course it is <laughs> that's beautiful tell us tell us about that community because i think it's so important to understand what what this is all about
1: absolutely so the sacred essence community was first birthed from a desire for my clients to have a community where they can continue the work so that was where it started and i wanted it to be a sanctuary where again everything was allowed everything was celebrated and the focus was on through doing and through the celebration expects up to more and more of our essence more and more of yeah just that that integrated center Mm. that divine spark that sets everything else in motion and so this in the sisterhood we do a lot of uh, energy clearing around trauma so we work on the energetic and the emotional body to clear out loops that we're holding from childhood, from our adolescent years. And essentially what that's doing is it's kind of like airing out the soil of our inner landscape, of our inner gardens, so that as we continue to journey, the embodiment and the self-expression and the creativity that we want to lean more into has has a, a soft and open space to root. So a lot of the work we do is on embodiment. I'm all about getting women back into the body, getting them into their emotions, getting them into high sensation. We start our first call off with talking about shame and being Mm. present with shame in our system. Just like putting all of the stuff on the table and just setting the tone that we're going in deep. Yes. (laughs) And I will pace you here, but like this is the standard for showing up it's like you can go as deep as you desire and the deeper you go the more it's like the deeper your roots go right the deeper you go into the darkness the higher your branches can expand so that's a lot of what we're doing there um and it's shifted it's evolved this year uh, is we're enrolling again in january and um yeah this year I don't even know what's going to happen this year we're going to do all of the embodiment stuff we're going to do all of the creativity and the wound clearing and all of the stuff that we lean into we do a lot of relational work too like authentic relating stuff um but I'm really learning to follow the tempo and the tune of the group and yeah tuning into being reflecting my chameleon channel uh, and a teacher versus coming in with the plan we about- Yeah, really
0: feeling it. Oh my gosh, it's it's I can't wait to see what blooms in your group and all that you're doing with these amazing, amazing women that are perfectly aligned and coming into your life very, very soon, if not already. And so, I just want to make sure that people know how to find you, how to find the book, how to get more of you in their life, and more of this messaging because you guys obviously this is just the teaser, this is just the taster of so much more that is coming from your light and from your service and in your groups and in your in your in the book so let us know how can they get more of you where can they find you all the things
1: yeah so you can find me at my website theartofaliveness.com it's the same as my podcast the art of aliveness you can find that on spotify and itunes Um, you can there's a page now up for sacred sisterhood so if you go to the website and you click on sacred sisterhood you'll read all about the sisters um, testimonials more information on how to apply for the sisterhood Um, my my social media links are, are also on the website but um i'll give you my instagram it's uh the handle is come alive with chrissy marie and i know heidi you're gonna
0: drop the uh the links anyways for people who are listening so absolutely everything's in the show notes will be in the show notes you guys so make sure that you are connected to Chrissy and all of the beautiful work that she is doing get more community and connection in your life it will be a game changer it will be a game changer because we don't have to do life alone we get to do it in such a a a bigger a bigger way We're, we're meant to do this life together and that can look like a lot of different things so you probably know from last last podcast, but maybe you forgot. I always ask two closing questions. And even to my repeat women, I love to ask again because every day is different. Yeah, so I'm the good for them. So go for it. amazing on the spot. So the first question is, what do you love most about yourself?
1: Ooh. I feel like my answer was how curious I am. <laughs> I feel like it is I feel like it is changing and you know, I feel like it's, I love that I keep coming back to myself. I love that I keep recommitting to myself. Every time I fall off a bandwagon, every time I step into shame, I always come back. Oh,
0: that's so powerful. That's beautiful. I love that about you. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like?
1: Ooh, joy feels like blowing bubbles on the beach. Yes. It feels like full body tingles. It feels like dancing and laughing and electricity. It feels like bubbling electricity.
0: Well, you, my love, uh, remind me of blowing bubbles on the beach and full of electricity and life in all of your beauty in every single day and every single way that you show up in the world. you're making such a huge impact. So thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for coming on this show. And thank you for spreading all of your greatness into this beautiful world.
1: It's an honor and a pleasure to be connected with you. Thank you.
0: and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!